In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and today we are connecting with David Wood. David says, when you're 10,000 feet above the Himalayas, hanging from a piece of cloth, you just see life differently. He holds the viewpoint that life is the best game there is and asks, are you playing for real? I've been chatting with David a little bit before this show, and I'm going to tell you, we're going to have some tough conversations today that's going to help get us up Success Mountain. David coaches leaders to play the best game they possibly can, deepening connection and living a regret-free life. How? By setting life-changing goals, laser focus, action, and increasing their level of truth, daring, and caring in both life and work. Please welcome to the show, David Wood. Thank you, Tony. I'm happy to be here on the show. David, I, I got to like tell you, you already. it's uh, fun to have you. I was like, where are you from? And you're like, I, I'm up in Boulder. I'm like, I'm here in Inglewood. We should have done this together. And I hope that we're going to find some time after this show to set a date and go grab some coffee or maybe lunch. So I uh, look forward to building a relationship today with you and talking about life, but tough things in life that have helped us to kind of propel us forward, right? So let's do this before we go too far. Your definition of success, what would that be? I think success is having your life be the way you want it to be. So for me, a high priority is health and having energy and joy. I mean, that'd be number one. Um, two is, is deep connections. I think that's what really gives the flavor to life. And three for me uh, would be wealth want to have, have the money that I, I can do what I want to do. So if you have life the way you want it to be, then you are successful. Hey, I, I just got to reiterate what you just said. Health and happiness, joy, really about deep connections. And then I love the piece that we, we don't talk a lot about because I really am looking for the, the real stories behind success, but we kind of do need money, kind of like deodorant, keep us uh, from smelling and stinking up the joint. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're being an entrepreneur, being um, on the path that you are right now in your life. We were talking before the show and I just, I'll go there because I think it's super important for people to, to have these real types of conversations. So many people that show up on a podcast, it's like they spit fire all the stuff that they know from kind of like their experience. And the new person coming into the eavesdrop in this conversation is listening, going, that's great, but that doesn't really help me. But the stuff we were talking about prior to the show I talked a little bit about my history. You talked a little bit about your history and upbringing. That really has shaped who we are. And a lot of us forget that. And we're trying to figure out why we do what we do and, and why maybe patterns show up. And I just thought it'd be great as we get up Success Mount today. Your intro is just amazing. You're, you're hanging 10,000 feet above the Himalayans, hanging from a piece of cloth. Like, let's start there for a moment as we're going up Success Mount and talk a little bit about maybe some thoughts that you were thinking. Yeah. Well, I think what it points to, it, it, by the way, I, while I'm talking to you, I just keep looking out at my window and I, 
I'm watching a deer. So I, I just, I, it just brings me joy. That's part of success for me, right? If I can just feel some joy, that's a good day. Um, the, hang, the paragliding to me points to daring. When I talk about play for real and living a regret-free life, I've identified truth, daring, and caring as three values. Uh, if you increased your truth by 30%, if you increased your daring by 30% and increased your th- caring by 30%, just imagine what kind of human you would be and the kind of results you generate and the kind of happiness and joy you'd have. Well, I tend to lean into my fears. So uh, I'm afraid of heights. And I trained as a paragliding pilot. And initially when you train, well, when I trained, it was on a coastal site. So I'm only about 200 feet above the ground, which is still pretty terrifying. But then when you go inland and you go to the mountains, and my friend and instructor took me to the Himalayas, and you go off these peaks, you go up a couple of thousand feet above the mountain, maybe three or four or five or 6,000 feet above the mountain, which is already high. And it's, a, it's an amazing experience to step off a mountain solo, right? I got no one else with me. It's just me and the paraglider. You step off a mountain and go up. That's just an incredible experience. And it's not smooth. You might think, oh, look at those people flying there. It looks so graceful. You're not inland. The reason we fly inland is because there are thermals going up at a very strong rate. I was going up at times at 20 feet per second. And where there's air going up, there's air going down as well to balance it out. And if you get in between those two, you can have partial collapses or even full collapses of your paraglider. Wow. And I had my first uh, 50% collapses there. And I tell you what, when you're up there trying to wrestle, it's like being in a washing machine with this thing and you're going round and round this thermal and then you hear this whoosh, and you look up and 50% of your, your chute looks like it's gone. It's just folded on top of itself and you know you're flying on half a wing. It's terrifying. But it also helps you focus. Because, you know, it did that and I just yanked by instinct on on one of the brakes and boom, it came straight back out. I'm like, okay, okay, I got this. So your question was, what are the thoughts going through your head? Well, there's a lot of terror, sometimes a lot of achievement. One of the things I've always wanted to do is to go cross country. So instead of just taking off from, from the designated takeoff point and landing in the designated landing area, I wanted to go somewhere which is what a metaphor for life, right? For the adventure. You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know where you're going to land. And there are all sorts of dangers that come up because you might come across power lines and trees and water and all sorts of nasty things. And when I took off from this mountain and tried to get to the green wall, which is this foreboding, mist-covered, massive mountain range where no one lives, And I actually made it on my own to the wall. It's such a feeling of accomplishment. It's like, I'm here. Now, I didn't know if I'd end up in the trees. So I was also scared about that. But after 30 minutes, when I managed to scratch my way back up to above the wall, and I hit my lifetime goal of 10,000 feet above sea level, that was such a great feeling of achievement. Oh, I love it. You know, I go to Golden 
through Golden all the way up to, to Boulder, I see uh, a lot of paragliders and people doing some crazy stuff there. Have you, yeah. have, is that something you've tried or been around that area? No, I had an accident last year. I had an incident in Bali where my chute collapsed and I, um, I was only 300 feet above the ground and I plummeted towards the earth and it, I recovered at 80 feet. Uh, and then I had another, an actual accident last year and I broke my back in Colombia. So I've decided that I've touched the sky. I've gotten away with it because I'm still walking and I think it's time to hang up my wing and choose other adventures. See, I'm really big into risk management. Let's look at the level of risk. Don't put our head in the sand and then decide if we're willing to take the consequences. And I was willing to take the consequences earlier. And now I want to live too much. Do you remember growing up? Were you a fearless kid, like running around, having fun, playing? Or, or were you always a little bit cautious, but yet curious? Well, my mother says I was kind of hyperactive. And, and she tells the story of tying me to the, to the clothesline with, with a, a piece of pantyhose so that I couldn't run off down the street because I'd be down and on the road. And so apparently I was quite hyper and she said the best way to get me to do something was tell me it couldn't be done as a kid. So I, I think I've always been adventurous. It doesn't mean I've been fearless. I really want to make this point. I'm terrified of so many things, but I seem to have developed a habit of leaning into my fear. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. I, uh, I was the kid, you know, that we'd be playing hide and go seek or something. I'd be like, jumping on fences, getting on roofs, jumping off roofs and just running. And, you know, you can't catch me. And now I can't even jump off of 10 feet anymore. Cause it's like, there's this thing that shifted. I used to jump off of a hundred foot cliffs, 80 foot cliffs. I had no problem. And then something was a switch. And so I'm really excited today to chat with you about, you know, switching up the adventure. If one thing isn't your thing, does it mean that all adventures are off the table or do we just see things and do things a little differently today? And so I'm, I'm excited. I just want to say thank you for sharing that in the opening too. It, it's super helpful, great visuals. I'm glad you're alive. Glad you're able to share the stories. Glad that you did get to live out a dream of yours oh. 10,000 feet above sea level, which has got to be just exhilarating. I know that you use some words like terror, um, but I also believe moments there was like, oh, this is so beautiful. Like, I can't believe I'm doing what I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And I want to make the point, like often when people think about daring and courage, they might be hard on themselves and think, oh, I should be hang gliding or skydiving or, or walking across coals, right? With Tony Robbins. No, I think you find your own edge. That's what matters. It might be daring for you to give a performance review to an employee and say, hey, I need you to step up. It might be daring for you to, um, as I'm really big into tough conversations, make a confession to your partner and say, I broke an agreement and I want to make it right. Or, or maybe you did something illegal one time in your life and you want to just go back and clean it up. You don't you find your own edge and find out what would be a little bit courageous for you. You don't have to do what's courageous for other people. You know, it's funny. I just literally got done doing performance reviews this morning and we talk a lot about, um, and we score people all the time in life, right? We're being scored, right? And so you can, the best you can score is a 65. And I score people like in the fifties and people are like, well, like, well, isn't there 
you know, like, didn't I achieve all this? I'm like, yeah, you did. But like, where's there to go from there? Like we have to have a stretch. And so I was right. What's your, like your new edge now that you've put down this hang gliding and, you know, paragliding now that you're not there, what's the new adventure or slash edge that you're really into? What's the new thing that you kind of taken some of that idea around adventure and you shifted for you? What are some things you found? I really like that question. Um, I get to face my edge a lot still in tough conversations, even though for 20 years I've been practicing them. It'll like even just, I offered someone a coaching session recently as a gift and they didn't, um, they didn't show up to the coaching session and they just used my booking link to rebook it for the next week and said, Oh, sorry, my bad. I've adjusted it to next week. And I'm, I'm triggered. I didn't feel like my time was being respected and I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to make waves. And this person is a podcast host. They could tell people I'm high maintenance or I'm, I'm just uh, overly sensitive. So that was edgy for me to say something, to speak up and say, can we, can we talk about this? So I get to face my edge in low-level conversations like that and sometimes bigger ones. Another area is around my health. I've been, um, I've had anxiety and depression on and off for like 20 years. And the last 10 years, I've had a lot of fatigue. So it stops me doing things like leaving the house and going to hang out with people or maybe going to a conference uh, or sometimes working. And the edge, one of the edges for me seems to be around surrender. And instead of pushing myself that I have to work or I have to do whatever, um, maybe I do cancel a podcast interview or I do postpone a client session or yesterday I just, I needed the whole day. I was actually sick. That's edgy for me because I feel like I should be working. And the other thing is I'm re I've been looking at so many modalities to heal. I've tried maybe 20, 30 different things and some of them have had, some kind of success. The latest thing is working with different uh, medicines and substances. I can't think of a greater edge than that right now. There's a thing called combo, which is a frog medicine. It comes from the sweat of some kind of frog or toad in the jungle. It, it's violent. You throw up and for about 30 to 40 minutes, sometimes you think you're going to die. So it's really edgy for me to try that uh, to see if it's going to improve my health. Ayahuasca, I've been afraid of for 10 years. And I've been like, I'm not doing that because I heard it can be pure suffering. I finally did it. And yes, it was pure suffering. I feel like I might have re-traumatized myself. But this is my edge right now, is exploring different medicines to see what could it do in terms of rewiring my, my chemistry. I think, you know, I said it a long time ago and I, and I use this term to help people like, so I'm in the recovery space, right? And there's a thousand ways to get drunk. There's a thousand ways to get sober. You have to find the way that works for you. And the same is true when we're working to try to find ways to feel better around like depression. Like I've struggled with depression for parts of my life. It's not stuff that's just going to dry up and go away. My wife, you know, lost a sister, uh, my sister-in-law, two years ago. And she kind of says like, like you get these emotions of waves come over you and you, you, you can do everything you can to everything you can think of to try to stop them, but they come when they come. 
and they're triggers. They're just things, something pops up, you see something, hear something, the deer could have been a trigger for you. And you know, next thing you know, they're just things that we can't control. So we can control what we do about that. And, and I think that there is no better way, and I'm not endorsing or, or saying it's bad or good. I'm saying like, we have to figure out this day and age, what we can do to help ourselves to yeah. move ourselves. And some of them are hard. They say that that's, you know, to my point, that's some of them are, are really edgy and scary. Yeah. And uh, again, we have to choose how much we're willing to do. What's, what's the edge for us? I think it's super important that we don't go past our edge. Let's find the edge and let's push ourselves, but don't go over into trauma. Like when I, when I did the ayahuasca journey, I was scheduled to do three nights and people were pushing me. They're like, you really, you really want to stay and do, and do tonight and the next night. I didn't have it. I was feeling traumatized. I was miserable. I just I was hoping for a good night's sleep to try and recover. I really think it would have been way past my edge to try and do a second or third night. Everyone has to make that decision for themselves. David, I can tell you, we're going to have a great conversation on our way down from Success Mountain today. Um, we're going to take a quick little break. And when we return, we're going to talk more today with David Wood, talking about lots of things, but the, the piece that he just hit, and I hope uh, you're going to be challenged to stick around is, is let's not go over your edge, but let's find your edge. And David's got a lot of great stuff helping you. He's got a great way for you to learn more to take the five minute life assessment at playforreal.life. You can already hear how he shows up. He's playing full out. He's asking, will you stick around and play full out with, the, with us the rest of the way down success mountain? And don't let limiting beliefs stop you. Remember, uh, all things in life come to us, Right are things that have either A, we've learned, or somebody gave us their theory and an idea and we began to buy into them and believe them. We're going to smash some things when we return with David Wood today, so be sure to stick around. We'll be right back on the Beautiful Hill Podcast. What an amazing conversation and a lot to take in and there's so much more to come. And what an awesome opportunity to start thinking about. Your life said, what is it for you now? What has it been in the past? It's amazing all these moments that put together bring us to where we're at right now. But it's kind of like a parachute. A parachute's purpose is to fill with air. But if it's never tested, it can never fulfill its purpose. So until we're ready to step up to that cliff, step out on faith, go all in, find that life's edge, that we can figure out just what we're made of and what we can accomplish and what we can do. Now let's get back into this awesome conversation. Here's Tony and David. All right, we are back on the Beef of Hill podcast show. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. The honor today is having David Wood as a guest. You can take the five-minute life assessment today at playforreal.life. Talking about what David does is has those tough conversations, those conversations that some people lean back from instead of lean into. So I'm leaning into it today with David. We're just talking about life and being super vulnerable and talking about things that um, – not saying that we're not courageous or fearless, just saying like, you know what? Some of the best ways to get to know somebody is to be yourself and not allow things to get in the way of that. So David, I just want to say thank you. Welcome back. Thanks for sharing and going on an adventure with us. My pleasure. So you were talking right before the break about, you know, your edge and, and you don't want to go over it. And I kept thinking about getting to the edge of the Grand Canyon, knowing that you know that there's something on the other side but allowing yourself to stop for a moment and just be where you're at on your edge. 
to be there and be like, Hey, you know what? This has been a good adventure and know that there's more to go and that you can take on new things anytime, but to embrace where you're at. And I think so many people in life miss the journey and miss what's coming because they're, they're needing to get somewhere. And today I'm trying to just really embrace the fact that, you know, you've had some challenges over the last couple of years, life changing challenges, you know, like life throws you from 250 feet down to finally getting, you know, everything back into control about 85 feet. And then, you know, you had some issues with your back and now you're talking about not even sometimes being able to leave your home because of anxiety or whatever. I just want to say I commend you because I appreciate you being vulnerable because that's where I believe the magic happens. My, my coaches have helped me to find my purpose by looking at my mess or my story or the things that have got me to this point. So I just want to share that and say thank you for being who you are today and showing up the way you did. Yeah, you're welcome. And thanks for saying that. I, I believe vulnerability is the new strength. And you're hearing you say that about the challenges that have happened, it reminded me as well, a couple of years ago, I had a really big challenge. I was comfortable in Bali. I, I kind of semi-retired in Bali. I'm surrounded by rice paddies. I've got staff that come and wash my bike and cook for me. And it was just an incredible life. And then uh, I had to leave Bali the same day. I, I had an incident. Uh, there was a conversation immigration wanted to have with me that I was told might lead to jail time. Uh, because they can get pretty serious about any infringement there and uh, they can get bribes as well. So 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm having a cup of tea, not a care in the world. 11 o'clock at night, I'm on a plane out of Bali, leaving behind my, my villa and my cat, my furniture and my staff and my friends and my life. And I had to reinvent myself. Like, wait a minute, who am I again in the world? Uh, if I'm going to develop income again. How do I want to do that? How can I be of service? So the last two years have been wandering the planet, looking for my new home base and then reinventing myself uh, in my business. Big challenge. We don't, we don't get to invite them sometimes, but when they come there, it's turned out to be an opportunity, right? As so often it is, but at the time it just, again, looked pretty terrifying. I have a saying that goes, chase the wins, study the lessons and never give up. And I think you're living those out today, chasing a lot of wins, having a lot of fun. And there's a lot of lessons. What was a lesson or a takeaway from seven o'clock in the morning, having tea to, you know, seven o'clock at night, being on a plane, heading home? What was a lesson that you learned that maybe you could share about that? Once again, kind of like being in the hang glider, right? Being at, you know, 10,000 feet, there was a lesson. And then what's yeah. this lesson? Well, I think one lesson, um, what comes up is the word information. I hadn't, I hadn't really assessed the risk fully. Uh, so I was, I was renting a villa and then I'm living in the villa and it had a guest villa as part of it. So I sublet that out to, um, to other people and that, that helped me with the rent. Now I knew that that was against the law, but I just figured it might be a small fine and maybe I'd get deported. I hadn't done the research and I didn't really know the risk. Had I realized that it could involve jail time, in hindsight, I wouldn't have done it. Now, when uh, someone did show up at my door and flashed a badge and said, you're wanted for questioning tomorrow morning, this is all in Indonesian, right? So it wasn't that easy to understand. I, um, then I did my research. I went into war mode. 
I talked to my lawyer who I didn't fully trust because he was trying to organize the bribe and I hear they get a cut out of it. I spoke to another lawyer who'd never met me and she said, leave the country. Just leave the country, come back in three months, it'll all, all have blown over. So that information was golden. Had I not really found out what I was in for, I might have stayed around and it, I, I might have been in jail for two weeks trying to negotiate a bribe from within jail, which is not a strong bargaining position. So I'm, I'm so grateful that I, I chased down a lawyer who I didn't know and, uh, and made the decision because you don't want to overreact. You don't want to flee the country and then find out it was no big deal. I needed the information. It reminds me of the hang gliding, the paragliding as well. You know, like if you're up there flying and going for the green wall, you need the information. You don't want to make a mistake up there because you, you, can, you can die. Uh, and the same in business. You can go along and kind of work it out or you can speak to someone who's been there and get the information so that you uh, avoid some, some perilous mistakes. I think that's my lesson. I love it. I, I was looking back at, you know, you can take the five-minute life assessment at playforreal.life. Or you can take the five-minute risk assessment right now with David Wood in this interview, realizing, you know, you've got options, you've got choices today. You're, you, you know, sometimes I think we feel the pressure that maybe there's so much noise that we can't make a decision because we feel paralyzed. We feel crippled. But I think you gave a really just simple illustration. Um, step back. Take a moment. Don't get all crazy. Look around at what's going on, make a intelligent decision to talk to counsel because that's the situation you were in. Make another phone call to figure out if counsel was giving you right information. And we have that ability. So I just want to say thanks for the risk assessment because so many people, they don't. They don't do that. They take the first piece of information. That's what I was saying right before break. A lot of us are, are led to believe that this is the only way and I think there's lots of options. So I just want to say thanks for sharing that. I love talking about the expert too. You being the expert, David, you being the, um, the coach that's helping leaders to play the best game they possibly can. Tell me a little bit about how your coaching program works. So my coaching program, you know, I started life as very left-brained. That was my, my thing. I was good at math. Uh, I ended up, something happened when I was like 13 years old and I kicked into overdrive and became top of my school and went to consult to big companies. And so... I'm good at the business coaching and the systems and I just, I kind of rave about systems. That's fun for me. But the last 20 years uh, or 30 years have been about realizing what I was missing. Mm. I was missing the emotional intelligence. I didn't even know there was such a thing. I was missing how to deeply connect with people. I was missing vulnerability. I was missing truth and authenticity. I had the daring Wow. but not daring when it came to people. So uh, what I've realized uh, in the last few years is that there are many business coaches. And if all you want is business coaching, you should go and find a business coach. And there are many great life coaches. And if you want to work on some life issues, go and get a life coach. The people who come to me tend to be the people who want more of a generalist who can look at the whole picture. And we can, we can work on business stuff when it comes up. We can work on life stuff when it comes up. Ultimately, they're all kind of related. So I work with high performers. 
they're already successful in many areas of life. They've usually got a certain level of financial success, executives, entrepreneurs, and they want to up level. They don't want to be on their deathbed saying, wow, I really missed out on some stuff. I've got regrets. They want to suck the juice out of the orange and go for it all. So I help them up level in both of those areas. I, I like that. And I think I love the, the illustration too, uh, business and life. And I think so many people try to get those mixed up. I, like, I'm, I just wrote that you want a whole life coach. You want a, not a, just a single coach in just one direction necessarily, but you said there was a path. But I want to give some of your accolades too from some of the stuff. You've, you've done work with some really powerful brands, Sony, Procter & Gamble, Exxon. You, you, you've seen and, and been a coach on many fronts. You've been a speaker on many fronts as well. You've done some amazing work along some, some amazing thought leaders. And I just want to say, you know, it's like unpacking your life story in an hour is, is like trying to scratch one lottery ticket. And there's, there's, you know, that it's going to take more to really get to everything. And I really want to drive people to come and take that five minute life assessment with you. I really want to get people to see if, you know, um, David and I were talking before and I said, you know, how can I really serve you? How can I help? Um, he's like, look, I love, I love helping people and I love doing transformational work and I love giving people the opportunity to see if we're a good fit. And I said, Hey, look, let me tell you, I've got a way for that to happen. And he gave me a URL. So I want to tell you, if you're thinking about what you're talking about with David today and listening, and you're like, Hey, that's somebody I'd like to learn more and work with Playforreal.life. Take the five minute life assessment. And you heard how he, if you, if you put some time on the books, don't cancel because I know life happens, but make David a priority because David's making you a priority. And I want to make sure that you remind yourself of that every single day you're playing for uh just today, or are you playing full out? And full out is something you got to do every single day. There are no days off. And I know it sounds weird and woo-woo sometimes. Life happens, right? Yesterday, David was sick. Today, he showed up fully to play, to have fun. And that's what he's asking of you. So, David, thank I just want to say thank you. Oh, so you're so welcome. And let me double click on that. Um, when you go to the website, click on tools and you'll see the life assessment. And it's a great five-minute way to just check, are you playing for real? You'll find out. You might walk away patting yourself on the back or you might go, oh, wait, I don't have real goals or I've got real goals, but I'm not taking real action. You'll see where the hole is and then you can leave it at that. Or if you want to have a, a session with me, you see if you qualify for a free discovery session and I'll review your report with you and create a plan with you. And if it turns out we're a great fit, maybe we'll talk about coaching. And if not, at least you'll have a really solid plan for your future. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. Yeah, Dan. I mean, I, it'd be, I'd be a fool not to mention what you're capable of doing and the, the offer that you wanted to make. I want to know a couple things. What do you do for fun? What's fun for you? Like in, in a guy who's had all of these adventures and what, what are some things that you do that are just absolutely fun that you love? I... Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit unusual. I go to, I go to this thing in Boulder called T Group, uh, short for training group. And we get together and we'll break into groups of six and we'll sit and we'll relate in present moment awareness, which means we can't tell stories about the past or the future. We try to minimize the thoughts that we're sharing. It's more about how am I feeling sitting with you guys? So you're like, talking about like the here and now. So you're just really present. Here and now. Yep. For 45 minutes. So Great. it might be like, hey, I notice I'm attracted to you and I feel nervous to say it, or I, 
I feel a bit intimidated by you. And then we just ping pong back and forth about what's happening now. I actually find that fun and I get my limbic connection out of it because I, I spend a lot of time at home. I've got a puppy. She gives me my connection here, but I need to get out and be connected with the world. Also, I'm a geek. I love games. This is why my brand's called Play For Real. I really love to play. So uh, I miss playing Ultimate Frisbee. When it gets warmer, I might get back to Ultimate. I, um, I love to study and to get better at things. So I'm playing chess, but I don't just play. I try and force myself after every game to click on the analysis so I can see where my mistakes were, my blunders, and I, and I get to learn every time. And I've just reached out to a coach. Those are some, and, 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 and the puppy, she is, she is endless. How old's your puppy? Fun. She's nine months. Uh, when did you first bring your puppy home? She was about two months old. So it would have been back in June, wow. I think June. And it's not easy bringing a two month old home. It's a uh, lot of whimpering and a lot of, for you, I don't, I don't know how many dogs you've had. I, I've been very fortunate to have a 14-year-old Yorkie who really doesn't say much but loves you nonetheless. And then I get this new puppy and this dog runs around crazy. And I'm like, it's a totally different. It's, you're talking left brain, right brain. It's totally different. Yeah. That first month was hard because yeah. I, I was raising her alone. I've had a puppy before where I, ra I raised with a partner. But when it's just you and you get no break, I've got more empathy for parents now. <laughs> it's like I, I, I just wanted to get alone in a room for 10 minutes without her barking or whimpering. And now it's, now it's so easy. Uh, it was just that first month that was hard, but so worth it. In fact, I chose to relocate to Boulder and to finally start renting a house and buying a car and, and live this sedentary life so that I could get a puppy. Otherwise, I might still be traveling and be in Estonia or Colombia. But she's the reason I'm here. Well, I, I just want to say thanks for sharing today. I'm going to bring you into the fulfillment round in just a minute. The best way for people to learn more about you is to go to your website, which we've talked about. And you said there's a pull down to playforreal.life. That's the best way for people to kind of find you. They can learn more about you. They can also go to tools and take the assessment. And also, I'd, I'd, I'm quite proud that I'm the new father of a baby podcast. Oh, very um, nice. What's yeah, the podcast? I finally joined the ranks. Yeah, it's called Tough Conversations with David Wood. And again, at playforreal.life, you can click on, on, uh, on podcast and subscribe. Well, thank you for that. I love, I love talking to fellow podcasters and I love, I love helping to support. So any one of my subscribers needs to go over there and let's get the show uh, ranked high and uh, leave a review after you listen and help David grow today. Oh, That's that is so kind of you. You, as a podcast host, I'm sure you know the difference reviews and subscriptions can make, right? It helps you climb in the rankings. So that's very kind of you. Definitely. All right. So if you're ready, I'm going to say, all I need from you is to say, I am ready. I am ready. You don't even know what you just said. You're ready. I was born ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine, no digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicus. And I promise Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? David Wood, welcome to the Fulfillment Round. Where were you born? Cessnock, Australia. And when did you first come to the United States? When I was 15. What brought you here? 
my parents were doing a tour around Arizona, uh, Nevada, Arizona, California. They brought, took me on the tour bus. And ultimately, what brought you to Boulder? Like, what made you feel like that was a place you wanted to kind of settle down and, and, and start what I like now call for you the, I've got a puppy, I've got a car, I've got a house, like that kind of life? Well, back in 1990, when I was traveling the world for a year, I was so impressed by Boulder, loved it. So I always thought I could kind of retire here if I wanted to. And then a friend of mine was teaching authentic relating in Boulder and he kept telling me how great the people were. So when I was in Columbia, I said, I'm finally going to come and I'm going to come and help you with your training program, meet this crew and see if they're as good as you say they are and I'll check it out as a place to live. And I just fell in love with the people and the environment. I like that. You know, from Australia to 15 to the U.S. to touring to, to being around, talking to a friend, to being open-minded from Columbia to coming, saying, hey, sure, what? I love Boulder. Um, you know, my son's going to college there. And now I've I probably had been to Boulder. I lived in Colorado for almost 10 years. I've probably been, let's say, 10 times. I've been 20 times or so in the last six months, and I'm falling more in love with it. It's so beautiful. Uh, what are some things that you like to do in Boulder? Uh, I like to walk. I like to jog now. I'm quite proud of myself because I've never been a jogger. Um, I love to go and do tea group, hang out with people. And I'd like to dance when I can, particularly contact improv where people are actually touching and moving with no set pattern. Uh, it's, to have someone have their full weight on you is an incredible experience. And, um, I'm grateful each time or to give someone your full weight. I think if the world had more of that, it'd be a different kind of world. Oh my gosh. I, and I'm right. I was kind of visualizing. It's what I like, David, about you is you're, you're not like I do A, B or C. You're like, I'm really up for an adventure. And you're yeah. really, I think that's a great way to wrap up the word that describes our conversation today. It's been an adventure. It's been, you know, something that mo most people are so set in their ways. They're so structured in how they speak and everything they want to share and get across. And I really, I got present with the T group, the here and now, because that's the one thing that really centers me is being here present with you. Now there's nothing else that matters other than this conversation with you. There's no place that I need to be. I'm exactly where I need to be, right? So for me, when you say that, that's a centering mechanism here and now. I notice I'm smiling hearing that. And I'd love you to come to a T group. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, you need to go to an introduction night first so that you know the format, but, and they only have those every three months. But if you do that, you can come to any, any Sunday night in, in Boulder. In fact, I'm hosting at my house this week. No, I'd, love, um, I, I'd be down. So I got to find the prerequisite and get the, uh, the other class. So thank you for that. I'm going to send you the invite. What um, adventure, right? We talked about standing on the edge. We, we talked about knowing and finding your edge. We talk about taking a life assessment, understanding a risk assessment. When I get to this part portion of the show, I like to ask this one question. So it causes you to think for a moment. Some of us have a preset agenda, something that we need to share. We feel like we're impacted. And we, if we say this, it'll help us in our life's mission. What's something that maybe we didn't talk about today that's really on your heart that you would like to share with my audience and to help Tell your story a little bit more. I grew up a little bit scared of people. And I think most of us have a bit of a fear of just relating with people authentically and speaking the truth. What if they judge us? What if they resent us? What if they get upset? And I understand that. Um, 
but if you're willing to overcome that, willing to take a risk and tell people how much you love them, or if someone's annoying you, tell them that, speak more of the truth. I believe it leads to more connection. And I think at the end of the day, we really want that. We don't want to wait until our deathbed to say, I could have been more connected. I could have spoken more truth. I could have been a bit more daring. Let's go for that now so that on your deathbed, you can say, I gave it everything. And that's awesome. David, I just want to say thank you. Thank you very much for being here today. Anybody listening, go check out playforreal.life today. And then also his brand new podcast, which you'll find over there as well. And like I said, please listen, subscribe, leave a review. Don't do one, do all three. Leave an impact today like David hopefully has on your life. Thank you again, David, for being a guest. I hope that you have a phenomenal new year. And as we, as we move forward, I'm looking forward to that connection. And I want to work on some stuff with you, just like I know you can work on some stuff and help me. I, I think together we're better than we are by ourselves, not knowing each other. So I'm, I'm grateful for your time today with my audience. And thank you very much. Tony, I'm glad to know you. That is David Wood. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. Until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.